Welcome back to Predator Minute, the podcast where we watch the 1987 film Predator and then discuss the minute that we are on, which happens to be minute 37. 37. That's right. It's Tuesday, and as Tuesday always should have, it has some Arnold Schwarzenegger. This minute begins with Dutch walking through the forest, and it ends with a taste of home. Hmm. And uh, that, in case you were wondering, was Cliff from PredatorMinute.com. And I am Aaron, from also from PredatorMinute.com. And with us today, once again, is Lieutenant Colonel David Owen. Howdy, everybody. <laughs> happy to be here. Awesome. We're happy you're here. Um, as, well, as directed, I'm slightly more drunk than I was yesterday. Uh, and excellent. I will continue to proceed down this path until hopefully Friday is an incoherent mess and is still yeah. highly amusing to the uh, listeners. Yeah, five days of drinking. <laughs> I can't imagine you'd be sober at that point. Yes, yes. No, I, I think, I think, yeah, I think we're going to be fine. Uh, and for, for just, just for those of you listening who are in the military, I am retired after 24 years, so. <laughs> That's how I can get away with this now. I strongly recommend that retirement and then drinking heavily on weekdays part and not doing it the opposite way. I've, I've seen lots of people mess that bit up. It ah, doesn't yeah. work out as well. Yeah, Yesterday, exactly. we kept you alive. Today, you get military career tips. Ah, yes, yes. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and recap the minute for, for everyone um, yeah. real quick. So starts off, we, we have a cut. Uh, we left off with Poncho looking into the valley. Everyone looking in the valley. And now we have a cut to Dutch. And then it cuts back to Poncho, and he's leading the group into the valley. This is where the music starts. This is, this, is the, this is the true meat grinder. This is the gauntlet they have to go through to get to the border for an extraction. Uh, so then we cut to Hawkins. Uh, he's looking pretty tired at this point. Pans over to Blaine and Mac. They're talking. Uh, Mac... You know, they're just they're just bantering. Mac is just like, uh, uh, isn't it? Mac he says a uh, badass bush, uh, and doesn't Blaine say uh, it makes Cambodia look like Kansas? Correct. And uh, and then finally, Mac hands Blaine a uh, flask, uh, a flask with some insignia on it. We we suspect, or maybe I suspect that uh, it's a green beret insignia. And Mac explains that this is a taste of home. Right. So first, I will say that my experience with military gentlemen giving me flasks usually means that my name is engraved on it, mm-hmm. uh, as I received <laughs> for a wedding gift by our own guest <laughs> at the time, I think, Major David Owen. So perhaps uh, Mac tried to draw a picture of Blaine on that and gave it to him as a gift. Oh, you know what? That makes sense because that does kind of look like Blaine a yeah, little it's a bit, little, like a triangle. Like, like if I if I needed glasses really badly and I saw a blur, I might say, "Hey, that's a picture that might look like Blaine." Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what <laughs> I, it, I like that theory. I'm gonna yeah. go with it. So, uh, speaking of theories, the taste of home. Yeah. Now, I think we are meant to assume it's bourbon. These seem to be given sort of a southern aspect to these characters yeah you know uh blaine definitely choose the jaw <laughs> whatever yeah. um and uh he he does say things like you know uh uh alabama in, like an alabama tick you know mm-hmm. so yeah i would say i would say that blaine and mac both share some sort of southern um uh, I don't know. Yeah, they. they, they okay, they, so is it more likely to be bourbon, or is it more likely to be moonshine? I'm gonna go with moonshine. I, I'm usually when like I I know like 
some of the mountain boys I know up in up in the Carolinas, they would all it would always be moonshine. How much know? ass are these mountain boys? No, yeah, I don't think they are half-ass mountain boys. I okay. think these are full-ass, full-ass, yeah, full full-ass mountain boys. So they would probably have the moonshine. Otherwise, it's that being be said, like moonshine is pretty disgusting compared to a good bourbon. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Any moonshine sponsors, please. Rapper, we do not, he does not speak for all eighty of us. I, I said it like a typical homemade moonshine. Obviously, your sponsor's moonshine must be phenomenal. It's the best like there that. is. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you get some of our the, theoretical sponsors' moonshine is get, a delight. You should have it in the mornings and nights. Yes, you get some of That's these the uh, full ass mountain uh, mountain boy moonshine uh, stills, and and mm. they oh man, they make some good stuff. So so here's <laughs> it all over up there in the mountains. So here's my theory on what is in the flask. Mm -hmm. Because it looks like that is Max Flash that he's giving to Blaine. Yeah. He he seemed thankful to get it. Right, right. Earlier, Mac had said that if they were Central American, then he was a goddamn Chinaman. Uh Uh-huh. And I had said possibly what he's saying is that they are Central American and that... Ah. Mac is indeed a Chinaman. So then what would be in the... And that would explain why he would use that slur, because being a person of Chinese descent, he doesn't feel like he's being insulting by using that terminology. So then I would put it as maybe uh, Baiju or Soju. Oh, you know. uh, He's saying a little taste of his home. Ah, yeah, I've had neither of these. I think Soju is more of a Korean thing. I think think there's a difference between Sochu and Soju. Oh, but I don't mm. remember which is which. But you're right. One is a Korean drink and one is Chinese. What did what did I have uh, that one time? This is esoteric uh, for everyone out there. I, I I tried something that was like tastes like uh, communism or something, and it was uh, it was to the uh, great philosopher. Where uh, did we have it? Uh, we we had this up in uh, uh, Wisconsin, up there. Um, oh, what's that place? Antioch, where Troy's. Oh. I think Dad, that's still yeah. in Illinois, and Antioch. I mean, uh, but you're right; it's right on the border. Okay. It, yeah, I don't remember. That's a good call. But yeah. either way, I, I would like to find out what a taste of home would be from. And also, yeah, I love that, that. That really tasted bad. To, to, go, to go to Dave's point <laughs> really yesterday, bad. they did manage to pack cigars and bourbon. Yes. Now they have plenty of this stuff. They, they don't have enough ammo or food. Yeah, or food or or, or rucksacks or any way to or any way to carry this stuff or toilet paper or gosh darn if you're Shit going bags. out to the jungle, you, you, your your list of stuff you want the most is basically going toilet paper, water, and food in some order of one, two, and three. Well, no, uh, bourbon, they... cigars, and uh, <laughs> and what else? do we ever see anything else ridiculous that they seem well, to have busted I, okay, up? So I, I guess know, he needs a lighter for his. Uh, how are they keeping the bugs off of them? That's Manliness. that's another thing. Yeah, because <laughs> you can't just spray like deep woods off on you, can you? you? People would smell that. It's it's all the tobacco products. Dave or uh, John had mentioned that tobacco ah, as a natural. It is. It is anti bug yeah, anti insect repellent or I guess insecticide. Really, I mean, yeah, it kills yeah. bugs. Uh, who would have thought? Uh, I, you know, something something that causes inflammation in the air pass and air tubes and digestive tract of a bug could cause like you know mouth or lung cancer. In a human our future product. sponsors of Marlboro, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> please understand that he doesn't represent. The, he doesn't speak for Aaron. <laughs> I'm just I'm just presenting some of the good aspects of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the positive parts of smoking. Yeah. Is the cancer? Population Wait a second. Control. So are we assuming that that was a cigar, not just a massive blunt? 
Uh, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was it was a cigar though. I mean, when you start when you smoke in that thing and you start seeing like quasi invisible people like running around like shooting plasma bolts at you, it could be just a massive blunt. I don't know. Yeah, With some PCP. Maybe in this it. is all sort of like a fever dream brought on by their complete lack of preparation for being in the jungle and they were eating weird things they found on the ground. Yeah, they're eating ayahuasca vines and mushrooms that this, they find. Yeah, this is if directed by M Night Shyamalan. The helicopter lands and it just. Schwarzenegger laying in the middle of like someone's yard with a pool nearby, like running around in circles, going, The predator blew up, man. And they're like, All right, dude, let's this get back to like base. James Spader, MK Ultra movie, uh, uh, Jacob's Ladder, or something like that. Man, all we need is like like 30 seconds for one last scene at the end, and we can tie all this together. All right. This is as many weeks as we've had guess everyone's had their own theory i guess this is technically my theory now but i'm it's tripping it to dave i'm Dave's willing to sign on drug theory of, right? <laughs> yeah uh john had posited that it was actually an allegory for introducing invasive species into an ecology ah yes uh, but by introducing only one of them and then assassinating the fuck out of it so there are no more <laughs> yeah that's the best way to go about it i don't think it's really invasive at that point <laughs> We have I mean, this invasive bird. Invading. I'm shooting with a shotgun, and now they're extinct. Yeah, the dodo that you used to keep at your house. You remember that thing? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this this minute is great for it, it. This is actually the very first time I've noticed that that is a valley, and they had mentioned yeah. the valley before. Uh, yeah. The one that we went and wish on a well, Billy went and wish on a broke dick dog. Yeah, and then we made that drink called the broke dick dog. Didn't yes, we? David. <laughs> okay, this I, is... I have to ask now. What what was oh, in a broke dick dog? You really, <laughs> you really don't want to know. But go ahead, Aaron. It's a uh, tequila, blue curacao, and orange juice. It's sort of like a tequila uh, sunrise on a foreign That actually doesn't planet. sound that yeah. bad. What? Yeah. That, that sounds somewhat tasty. You yeah, like sweet drinks, is. I guess. It is. So. it is tasty. It really is. Yeah, I thought you were going into like something like, oh, we took a lager and added in a shot of vodka and then some molasses and mm-hmm. stirred it all together and it tasted like vomit. Here you no, go. No, <laughs> but you know what? That does sound interesting. I, I suggest we try it uh, before tomorrow. <laughs> well, maybe by Friday, yeah, we'll have come up with a drink for this week. This could be like our new you, gimmick. You, just to let you know, you don't want to try any drink that has molasses in it. Just, have you uh, had a molasses drink? Uh, Oh, that sounds like a sigh of regret. Now, I've had drinks with duck fat in it, and huh. that's actually pleasant. But It could be all right, and maple syrup makes a fantastic drink in a variety of ways. Oh, yeah, you're But right. uh, I'm actually speaking from experience, because in, in, in a lot of uh, military functions, uh, one of the traditions is that you'll have every individual subunit bring something that will get mixed into the grog. And you'll uh, always have some asshole bring something that just makes it disgusting as anything. Sometimes somebody will bring like a some like super hot sauce, so it's like burning your mouth as you're trying to drink it. Oh god! But <laughs> I think my least favorite was the uh, molasses mixed with vodka because it tasted like sewage. I, I... <laughs> it's probably always someone from the British paratroopers. That's a little zinger <laughs> to our previous guests. They can't do anything about it because only yeah. I have a mic. <laughs> Did you ever interact uh, with British paratroopers at all? Uh, for those yeah, of you listening, at several home? times. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, they're 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 good folks. The British Special Forces. They are uh, they they're, they're top tier, but in a slightly different way from the U.S. Special Forces. 
I'm right. a, I've worked with both throughout my career. The U.S. Special Forces, they tend to be more along the lines of the badass killers that that you think about. Not necessarily looking looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger. That that's mm-hmm. kind of weird. Right. Looking more like regular guys, but they're very good at getting the mission done with the least risk possible. Usually, killing the fuck out of whoever they're dealing with. Right. Um, the British Special Forces. Um, gosh, Always darn, wear monocles. Guys, that's the giveaway. <laughs> The Brits, they had balls the size of church bells. Um, I worked with a joint unit when I was over in Iraq, and uh, we had a mission where we had to figure out whether there were terrorists hiding in a compound. These were terrorists associated with al-Qaeda during the early days of uh, um, Desert Storm. And uh, we sent the Brits in with no guidance, like, find out. Um, when, when, you send the, when you send the Americans in, they're, they're, like, using every intel source at their disposal, trying to figure out what's going on. And eventually, if they can't, they're like, let's just shoot every male 18 and older just to be on the safe side. The Brits, they walked up and knocked on the door and oh, talked wow. to them. And probably a, had A tea, compound right? yeah. that we were pretty sure had terrorists in it. They're like, let's see. Yeah. Hello, love. Um, <laughs> Got any terrorists, have you? Would you like to have some yeah. tea? <laughs> it, 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 it just, it's, yeah, they, they don't quite have as many toys as the U.S. Special Forces do, but holy crap. Yeah, they're, they're, some, uh, they're some brave dudes. They got some diplomacy going on there, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> okay, this was, a, this was during a stage of the war when we weren't quite yet up to the diplomacy level. We were at the still make sure all of Saddam's minions were well undefeated. Uh, yeah, anyways. Yeah. In this, uh, yeah. You know, it was actually last minute, right, where they, no, yeah, when they mentioned Cambodia. Um, no, it's yeah, this it's one. Yeah, it's yeah. this minute. It's this minute. Yeah, it's this minute. Yeah, it makes Cambodia look like Kansas. So this is still really our last involvement in any conflict was Vietnam. I mean, us is in the United States. I didn't do any of that. Oh. And I think that's colored. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there was I mean, there were other proxy wars that we right. But I'm saying that, yeah. you know, our sort of idea of what military dudes would be doing is generally jungle. Right. right. OK. We didn't At think of time, them as yeah. doing much urban fighting or even desert fighting. Right. Because most of the people who had been trained or had fought or just really the public consciousness of it, if you're selling it in Hollywood. Right. You need yeah. to stick them in a jungle setting. That's, you know, what all of the G.I. Joe's had like jungle camouflage you know and that's a very interesting cultural point now were they going for that or were they just trying to copy rambo somehow well they were they were somewhere in between i mean rambo was obviously really popular but even he was a vietnam vet Mm -hmm. it's it's not like they spent a large amount of money on script writing for this (laughs) i mean i love the movie but its plot is basically paper thin well yeah and we had made this point uh just recently in that one of the things I liked about this, actually, is that it was the beginning of doing this, of just saying, hey, you know what? No one cares about the plot anyway. Let's just yeah. find some very <laughs> no, one, no one cares pretense. about the script. Just throw that away, and let's just have a bunch of guys just you know, quietly moving through a jungle. Yeah, something. just very simple. You just verse action. that thing. Yep. Like, okay, we can do that. Man and versus Pretty much, it, it's a movie it's that if you had 15 seconds to tell somebody in an elevator about this movie, you can accurately describe all of it. Yeah. yeah. I think its natural culmination was with the movie that came out about four years ago, The Raid, which the whole plot is told while the credits are rolling at the beginning. It's a bunch of cops. And they're like, all right, we're going to this building. It's 10 stories high. The main enemy is on the top floor. And 
you know, as the credits stop rolling, they get there and the doors shut and the main boss goes, okay, I've locked you in. The only way you'll get me is if you fight all the way to the top and kill everyone. And, and that's it. And now we've got the plot of the movie and it was the most efficient I, bit of storytelling I've ever <laughs> said. And it's just how have great. I never heard of this movie before? It sounds fantastic. <laughs> it is easily one of my favorite movies of all time. Ah, right. It's just amazing. And then, and then, like you could go one step further. There was a movie that came out recently, uh, a, a kind of a short movie. I think it was like Hardcore Harry or something like that. It's just all shot through like the first person of this very unfortunate man who has to fight for his life every second that he progresses through this short movie. Mm-hmm. And, it's and just, yeah, it's I think John Wick is another example. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I think it really culminated in the raid, and then what, what happened to John Wick? They had they killed. They his he dog. killed his dog. Yeah, and so spoiler for anyone who's seen John Wick. Yeah, it goes but it also <laughs> happens at the very beginning of the film. Yeah, and yeah. He, yeah, he goes as the kids say, he goes ham. <laughs> he just goes berserk on everybody. But berserk. this is not John Wickman. It although there might be one, I'll have to check. Uh, I might as well just take this moment though to mention that uh, there's a number of different movies by minute podcasts out there Mm -hmm. it's very likely that you already knew that if you're listening to this one but if by any chance you didn't you can do a search Uh, you can go to moviesbyminute.com or you can just search that into your favorite search engine yeah and you can find i think at last count 119 movies that have been broken down by minute and you can find your favorite one or some favorite podcasters and look at it through there about Uh, half of those have already wrapped right yeah uh, by, so there's uh, a lot of material to listen to. Yeah, it was yeah. meaning I think it's uh, John Hoffman, if I got his name right, who does uh, Minute Impossible, where he breaks down mm, the yeah. Mission Impossible films. He's on the second one now, and yeah, that was his guess that about half of them have wrapped. So there's a lot that are already done. Wow! Wow! Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Now, did you? Uh, yeah. So the the music is at full. Right, we hear the theme. Yeah, the because theme. now we're now we're head, descending into the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. Um, and by gates of hell, you actually it actually looks like a relatively pleasant forest. Yeah, I mean, it's, I like, oh. this yeah. I mean, you need binoc- you need binoculars in there instead of, of rifles. You know, you go bird watching in there. Yeah, <laughs> they picked a place that looks like it would be a nice homestead. Like I could build a house there, have a yeah. have a nice fence in the yard, a dog can run in the back, and it yeah, it doesn't it's... look that bad. Grow some papaya no. trees. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and and going back to that makes Cambodia look like Kansas. Yeah, I did some research on that. Cambodia's got fully flooded, healthy. But flooded forests. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, Cambodia makes this place look like Kansas. Uh, <laughs> or maybe this guy Kansas. grew up in some really bad parts of Kansas. Yeah, right. <laughs> he means I mean, Kansas who knows? City, maybe this guy he lived in like this Ooh. this friggin' river river tunnel draft thing along the side of the road, and who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Cambodia has uh, one of the highest amounts of forestry in terms of percentage of forest that covers its land of any country on earth it's, probably go crazy trying to go 10 feet in it right yeah. yeah i'm just starting to wonder what maybe this guy's involvement in cans or in cambodia was that could be the other way around maybe he was sent to the sort of like central <laughs> highlands and he's like yeah. there's like two trees around here dude this isn't so bad yeah oh okay yeah that I, probably i mean judging from his age and when vietnam happened and this takes place in like 1986 or 87 uh, there's a good chance he, you know, his parents fought in Vietnam, and he was just left in a house in a really nice part of Cambodia. 
Maybe, maybe. An probably investor. probably a big cattle farm that they just took down all the trees to, yeah. to start, you know, growing cattle. And that, that's what he's used to. A nice little yeah. farmhouse. Then he moved yeah. into the, and there's some very rough sections of Kansas City on the Kansas side. Ah. Which I've seen. And so maybe there you go. His comments in context make, yeah. make all, it, it makes sense now. Yeah. Okay. I never well, knew. That's, yeah. that's, that's why we, we dissect this movie minute by minute. That's right. <laughs> And if you this wanna... surely isn't a waste of our time or anybody else's time. This is an academic pursuit towards excellence in character expose, I'm sure. There will be a college class or a probably a, a doctorate degree offered on this one day, I, I guess, in you know, uh, uh, 50 years or so. Doctor of Predatorial Studies. Yeah. <laughs> I could see oh, Professor God. Aaron doing, doing, doing strong work in that. Yeah. You know, I, I should mention last week. I kept referring to Dr. Jan, John Ambrosio, but it's also actually Dr. Aaron as well. I don't want to take away the mostly student loans that you must have accrued during the pursuit of your doctorate. So, yeah, yeah my co-host, and I, I rarely mention this, uh, he is a, a doctor in uh, physics specifically. I don't think it's actually called the physics of explosions. Does it have a more technical name? Your physics? No, it's uh, it's matter at extreme conditions, and one of the disciplines in there is looking at detonation phenomena. So what I holy did... crap! So you're actually the best person to comment on that magical laser exploding thing that the predator has, yeah. and the heat vision onto uh, on on the on the Dutch when he's covered by the world's thinnest coating of mud water yeah 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 i i know all about all that stuff so <laughs> awesome we're just waiting baby all will be revealed oh yeah yeah and i can tell you all about metamaterials which uh obviously the predator you know to which he has access because he's invisible you know I, we mm-hmm. ac- are actually developing technology like that uh you and i are well, no, I mean, I mean, just humanity is oh, in general. It's it. it's in it's it's in academia. I'm sure the military has its projects, but you know, uh, there is there are studies being done openly in academia on these metamaterials. So, yeah. well, possible. It's possible that you will find out about that That's tomorrow, true. Wednesday, or a hundred years from now when we get the science down. But it could be tomorrow. <laughs> It could also be 100 years from now when I finally record Wednesday's session. Well, you don't know. <laughs> find out. <laughs> we'll find out tomorrow on the Predator Minute. Until then. <laughs> ah!